1: To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, Gip.
0: he got the legs here on? Lazaridis. He's managed to whip his crossover. Oh, the post. forced I said, listen, I'll tell you what fires me up. If you keep going on at me, I'm going to pick this chair up and I'm going to
2: chuck it out the window.
1: Chris Freestone on It's All Cobblers to Me.
2: We won the game in the tunnel. It was as simple as that. You know, the game was over as soon as we lined up in the tunnel.
1: The It's All Cobblers to Me Hall of Fame with Chris Freestone out now. Roughhouse tactics and a bubbly pitch. Must have just beaten crew then.
3: Again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored.
0: Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Yes! Yes! The- Get it!
1: A 2 0 away win, nine points off the playoffs, and a John Joe O'Toole ripped shirt up for grabs on eBay. We can't think of a better week. I'm Charles. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. As always, Danny and Neil are here too and we'll be taking a look back at that game at Gresty Road, dipping once more into Neil's postbag and asking whether the Cobblers can bring their away form back home to Sixfields on Saturday as we entertain Exeter City. First up, this coming Sunday is the Supporters Trust public meeting into fan ownership and if you haven't heard it already, on Monday we released a special interview with the Chairman of the trust. Andy Roberts. It's available in all the usual places, so if you haven't heard it yet, make sure you give it a listen. The meeting takes place on Sunday at the park in Northampton and starts at 1pm. Right then, boys, nine points off the playoffs with tongue firmly set in cheek. Can we do it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, you were particularly excited on Saturday. I've, I've been missing this dreaming.
4: And any, I've been waiting to grasp onto something, and now I've got something to grasp onto. And I know we're going to come onto it. I think a little bit later in the in the podcast about the the Exeter podcast. But I know they they commented on their podcast that we've got nothing to play for, and we definitely won't make the playoffs. Well, we will show them on Saturday, won't we?
5: We laughed about it last week, didn't we? A little bit. Well, we didn't. I mentioned the possibility of what would happen if we we're nine points. Of the playoffs at this stage, and wh- where are we? Nine points off. What happens if we win again on Saturday? Could it when well, we would definitely be seven points off Exeter if we win on Saturday, won't we? Um, and dare we dream, or are we still looking at it as if, like, oh, it's not gonna happen? Because I think what what the thing is with me and probably a lot of Couplers fans, the majority of them, is we we kind of have a tendency to be like, ah, oh, it's not going to happen or, oh, well, we're giving ourselves a chance and now they're just going to take it away from us or it's, it, it's it's just going to be too much or whatever. Um, I don't see why we can't win again. And at least like I said, Neil, it's good to have something to, uh, to cling on to And when, when we thought the season was petering out of it.
4: I think I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's not going to happen. However, if we then go and beat Exeter, and then go and win again on Tuesday against Newport, then I'll be booking my train to Wembley. I <laughs> <laughs> this is how, conf- how confident I'll be from that point on. I,
1: I think I'll just be happy with, with winning uh, m- some home games. That's all we're really missing at the moment, isn't it? We're great, or we have been great away from home in the last few weeks. and. Of course, last time we were at home, it was a very, very dull game against Crawley. We talked about it last week on the podcast. And he, the last thing that you want is to come back to Sixfields having just had what I think was a fairly easy result against Crewe, um, and, and then end up just boring the home fans again. Yeah, then that's where it's going to rest, isn't it? I think we seem to have the...
4: <coughs> Excuse me. We seem to have the away performance pretty much well well covered don't we in in terms of the game plan seems to work away from home and we're quite well adapted at, at sort of soaking up a bit of pressure and hitting people on the break and stuff it's at home where we need to if we can just get it to click at home a little bit then there's no reason you know there's no reason why because teams still have to play each other around them I, I think I said to you in the week didn't I that our run in is relatively favorable if it if you could class it as favourable for us and how we've been this season. Um, <laughs> um, but who have we got? We've got obviously Exeter and Newport coming up. And then apart from that, the only two teams, I think, in the top higher echelons of the league are, are what, uh, Berry and Mansfield. The rest we've got, uh, we've got Macclesfield, Notts County, Cheltenham, Oldham, uh, Grimsby, a few, a few other ones down there and stuff. So, you know, if we can keep this run going, who knows what could happen.
5: I think it's all about getting, just getting that winning feeling again, isn't it? About getting that. I think Charles made a good point there about the home fans. We need to, the home fans need to see something and need to see something of what the away fans have been seeing just to to actually start believing in what we're doing. And even if it means we finish top half, it it at least gives us a somewhere where we're thinking, oh, we're on an upward trajectory a little bit. And we've actually got a plan and we're moving forward. And I think one of the big things that Cole has done is he's, he's won two or three games in a row and then changed things and it's gone completely to part again. So I just hope that doesn't happen and that we can carry on playing the way we're playing, the, the formation we're playing in and just kick on. And really, I think there's no easy or hard games in this league, I don't think. I think from week in, week out, you've just got to be happy with, with the wins because I don't see it as a league where there's any clear sort of front runners. Any team on that day can sort of turn up and, and beat another. Or draw with another, as we've been doing for most of the season. But Danny, are we gonna make the playoffs? We are gonna make the playoffs and Sam Hoskins is gonna score at Wembley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you imagine yes. the scenes? <laughs> it's the dream. <laughs> if, Sam, if Sam Hoskins is on nine goals going into the playoff final and we get like a free free kick at the last minute, and Hoskins steps up, I'm gonna I'm not just gonna be on the edge of my seat, I'm gonna be on the pitch, really.
4: The way our season's gone, we'll end up making the playoffs, making the playoff final, drawing, go into extra time, go into
1: penalties and somehow drawing the penalty shootout. And or it'll just take half an hour. and then, It'll just and keep then go up going and up. Just, yeah. Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh no! <laughs> but,
4: Stuart but Ash might. Taylor, just, he'll decide to take his penalty from the halfway line because he's that good.
5: <laughs> it's just going to have flashbacks like the like Stuart Pearson in Euro 96 with his check trade Trophy miss. It's all going to come flooding back, and it's going to do the old pump and chest thing.
1: And he'll Uh, still (laughs) manage to clear the roof of Wembley. (laughs) (laughs)
5: He'll
4: get it stuck in the arch. (laughs) I think it's nice to think about the playoffs, isn't it? But it's still it's still some way off. It's going to take a big effort, isn't
5: it? it It's still a bit silly. I think it's more to do with the the, if we were eighth and nine point off, nine points off. Yeah, we could maybe think about it. But we're sixteenth, and we've got so many teams below us that uh, below us, so many teams above us that. It's going to take them doing stuff. It's all a bit sort of pine sky, it's still a little bit right? I dare, I, um, I'd find it really funny
1: if we were eighth and we were nine points off seventh. That would be awful. It's happened before, I think. Not us, but I'm sure it's happened before. Like, There's been that gap between 16, seventh and eighth. It is the hope that kills you, though, isn't it? It's not really hope, though, is <laughs> it? Is. <laughs> I think, I think okay, it's, it's a little
5: like bit. I mean, one's not genuinely thinking that we're going to make the playoffs, I don't think. But, no, no. I think we're just trying to prolong our season a little bit. That's what I'm doing anyway. I'm thinking, well, well, we've got another game at least where we've got something to cling on to, even if it's the most ridiculous thing. And I think even Tim Oglethorpe's been a bit defensive about it now because he knows everyone's going to get on his back if he starts talking about the playoffs. Um, it's just nice, yeah, isn't it, to be able to look up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we're
4: 15 points clear of relegation now, so I think we can put that to bed that, that that's not going to happen. Um, so it's just nice to... You know, it's a very, 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 very long shot, but
5: it could happen. It's a good place to be as well, isn't it? We're like, we're, there's literally nothing to lose now, is there? There's, like, we can't lose. Well, that's the, the
4: thing, world. isn't it? Yeah.
5: And that might release the players a little bit and make them play with a little bit of ease a little, and knowing that that, dart, that kind of long distance um, threat of relegation could creep up on them. It's not going to happen now. So why not just go for it? And Until you know what happened. Bring back Hildebert. <laughs>
4: you know what will happen? We'll get really close. We'll go on a great run and get close to the playoffs. And then there'll be something to play for and they'll get nervous <laughs> and bottle it. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the last day, <laughs> we'll need a point or something and we'll lose.
1: Well, don't, don't forget Keith Curl has actually said in the week that more players and have now bought into his, his way of playing into the, into how he wants the football club to operate it on the pitch. And, uh, do you guys actually think that, that that's that's true, or do you think going back to what Neil and and Danny you've just both said there about maybe they just you know they're free of the pressure of that relegation battle now? I think it is
4: more so. Uh, well, you don't know what goes on, so you kind of have to just trust what what Keith Cole's saying. I guess uh, I think there's probably a little element in it of. You know, results breed confidence, so they're just becoming a little bit more confident and a little bit more resilient. And I don't know; it's difficult to say, isn't it? But it would seem like they've definitely bought in more to his style of play over the last few games.
5: I think there's something to be said about being about playing for the manager as well. When you, when you've got your contracts coming to an end, you've got quite a few of them. John Joe, the prime example of of uh, players whose contracts come to the end of the summer, and. You know, suddenly they start playing and if they weren't doing that then, you know, they they know that Carl's gonna be here next season. They know where the, where the future for the club is. So it's it's good to see that they're actually kicking on and actually playing for him knowing that he's gonna be the one in charge next season. Or, he, or, or are. Danny, are they are they playing for a contract? Well they could be, but if they are playing for a contract then they still know they're playing for it knowing that Carl's in charge. If if you didn't like the manager or you didn't weren't believing in what he was doing then you wouldn't play for the contract because you'd think, oh, "I can't be asked. So I want to go somewhere else," wouldn't you? Um, I mean, that's different. Top level players like yourself, uh, Neil, and amateurs like me. Mean.
4: <laughs> I don't know because wasn't there, that, there was that time wasn't there where I can't remember who the manager was and and where David Buchanan wasn't really getting in the team at all and I'm sure he said it's in Jimmy an interview, Floyd. Was, it, was it Jimmy Floyd? Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. said in an interview that. He, he was just biding his time because he, he knew he'd outlast Jimmy Floyd. And, you know, maybe some of the players could potentially think that. I mean, I don't think that's the case at all, by the way, but I just think I'm a bit more cynical when it comes to players buying into the manager when when it's getting towards the end of the season and players' contracts are up and then they, they start performing.
1: I'm kind of like, well, should have been doing that all the time. You could argue with John Joe, though, that he's he's been injured. I mean, he came back from injury against Colchester, didn't he? And and you could see he was well off the pace in that game. And obviously, the whole team was off the pace. We got absolutely hammered. But he then got brought off, didn't he, relatively early on. And he, he clearly wasn't happy in his own performance. And I think he kind of probably felt like he wasn't really ready for that, you know, that start that he got given. Um we're now a few weeks on, a few games on. He's had a chance to actually get back to match fitness. He's also maybe being allowed to play more in that role that he was playing in during the promotion season in 2015-16, where he got all of those goals. And then obviously the following year in League One as well, where he went on a, a mini streak. And he's, he's also one of those players that gets goals in batches, doesn't he? He'll have three or four games where he gets one or maybe two goals every single game, and then all of a sudden it stops and he dries up. So we have seen that before with John Joe. I don't necessarily think it's got anything to do with his contract situation. I think it's just we're now in one of those little sequences where he will actually be performing to the best of his ability and free of injury and scoring goals, which, as you said before, Neil, will help to breed his own confidence. I'm Chris Hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me. OK, let's look back at that 2-0 win over Crew last weekend then.
3: The cannon will take it. He's uh, got Hoskins short. Back post is uh, Taylor in there too is good, he goes long into the heart of the penalty area, cleared by crew, uh, shot towards the target and hit it in the back of the net and Daniel Powell has scored and Marvin Sordell the provider on this near side, the corner not well cleared by crew, back into the mix from Sordell and there was the close range finish to give Northampton Town the lead here from Daniel Powell and Northampton Town lead in Cheshire, it's uh, crew Alexandra Nil, Northampton Town 1. This is Foley in the middle third, playing it forward to O'Toole. That's a lovely reverse pass by O'Toole to Daniel Powell. He's got room here and time to measure across. Right foot, that's a delightful pass and a super finish by Joe O'Toole! The cobbles are two up and Joao O'Toole scores with a delightful near post flick from a super, super cross by Daniel Powell. And Northampton Town score for the uh, second time in three minutes to double their lead. And if you're not careful, folks, i are going to start talking about the playoffs.
1: That's five games undefeated for the Cobblers now and it never looked like we were going to get beat at Gresty Road on Saturday, especially given our roughhouse tactics. What did you make of the game then, Danny? Um, I think the question needs to be,
5: Charles, actually. I think think this is why you're asking me uh, because you probably don't remember much of it, but you were having a lovely old time, weren't you?
1: It was a good away day out, yeah. Yeah.
4: I felt like we we experienced it with you, Charles, even though we weren't there. (laughs)
5: Which is what I enjoyed most about it. You uh, thoroughly disgraced yourself on Saturday, Charles, and I couldn't be prouder.
1: <laughs> Do you know who I blame? I blame James Averill for the Jaeger bomb he forced me to consume.
5: <laughs> what time was it when you had your Jaeger bomb? Oh, I don't know. I, I was drunk that was by breakfast. Then. <laughs> <laughs> was it a dog's breakfast? <laughs>
4: Well, you, you should give us your opinions, Charles, as you witnessed it firsthand,
1: albeit through slightly wobbly vision, no doubt. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about the actual game, or do you want to talk about the whole day? Because <laughs> I probably remember more about the whole the day as a whole than I do the actual game itself. Um, I, I the, the game was I, I don't know for me. I mean, maybe it was because I'd had a, a couple of drinks, but I never felt like we were under any threat from crew i i i felt like we were pretty much in in control of the game yes crew did have a couple of chances early on before we got our first goal they also had one chance at the beginning of the second half as well but other than that we we kept them at bay and 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 let them play their their little free flowing passing game around their back four and just sort of sat back and went, yeah, you can, you can do that there. We're not bothered. You know, we're near our goal. So happy days. You, you lot carry on. But I mean, the, the, the day itself was absolutely brilliant. We spoke last week on the podcast about how, you know, away days are maybe just that little bit more. Um, they, they're just that What we I looking for. We spoke last week on the podcast about how away days are just that bit more of an all day experience, a, a full day out. And, and, you, you have a bit more fun. There's a bit more about them. And it was an incredible day. The 630 odd Cobblers fans that had made the journey, all of them, it seemed, by train. Um, and they were all up for a really, really good day out. There was lots of singing. I was pretty much in the thick of that. I'm surprised my voice is actually back now. Um, and it was. They're a little bit disappointed it is back, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks. <sure>. Thanks, mate. <laughs> You're um welcome. <laughs> but, you know, everyone was in really good spirits. Everyone was singing in the pub beforehand, singing on the on the terrace or in the stand and all the way through the match, you know, the, the fans didn't stop singing. I don't know how it came across on the radio, but it was probably the best atmosphere that I've been involved in all season. It was uh it was pretty quiet on the radio, you couldn't hear anything really. Um
4: Oh, I wondered at some points whether there's even any Cobblers fans there. It was a bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it came across really well, um, and, and you could see and you could hear, you could certainly hear the noise that the Cobblers fans were making. But even just listening back to the, the clips, then you can hear the the roar from the away the away end as such um, when the goals went in. So it did come across. It did come across loud. Um, and I think uh, a couple of the players, and I think even Keith Cole touched on that afterwards, didn't he?
1: Yeah, there was a, a lot of plaudits given to the fans and, and I think they deserved it and and they deserve it every single week. And, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a good performance. It was a solid performance. And of course, the fact that we were winning for quite a lot of the game, you know, we scored our goal. We scored both our goals around about the half hour mark. So, you know, that, that was, two, you know, two thirds of the game we were winning the game for. So... That puts everybody in a really happy mood, and it, it was just it was just brilliant. The atmosphere was great. The football was pretty good, I thought. I don't get where this roughhouse tactics thing came from. I didn't think we were particularly dirty. I've watched it back uh, on 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 the the highlights, and I can't see anything there that's particularly you know over the top or out of the ordinary for a League Two or even a League One football match.
4: Well, it was it was Crew's official Twitter feed, wasn't it? That said, uh, roughhouse tactics or something or other, some nonsense. And then they did that ridiculous thing when everyone called them out on it and said, "You're being idiots. Stop being, you know, bad losers, etc." Then they did that ridiculous thing, so with the fishing emoji,
5: saying, "Oh, we've caught a few. You haven't at all caught anyone." You said it. You idiots. You backtracked on it. It's the second time this season, as well, isn't it? They said about the Bobby pitch earlier in the season, didn't they? And I liked how our um, social media came out and said uh, something along the lines of "we won with roughhouse tactics and despite the bobby pitch and everything that we so were playing up to it a little bit." So, um, it's just I don't know who's in co- who's in control of these Twitter accounts because Port Vale did something similar, didn't they recently? They put something like an official statement out on their <laughs> website of, <Yeah>. of, <laughs> of saying like all the all the times they've been wronged this season. This <laughs> is the most ridiculous thing I've seen for a long time. But um, I mean, you just just. Say we lost the game. let's move on. um you don't need to be getting into any of that yet, and I think it's just silly, isn't it? And I thought we were fairly we sounded fairly comfortable and we didn't do anything untoward to get the points and crew didn't really do anything to affect the game at all and I, it's not often I sit there feeling quite comfortable and I did on Saturday, yeah, I agree, I think it it came across as a pretty comfortable victory. The only time when I got slightly
4: nervous was when there was nine minutes of added time um. But that's just purely because there was nine minutes. It wasn't wasn't because we were wasn't because I was under any. I didn't think we were under any danger or anything. They had more possession, I think, around that time and stuff. But it wasn't like it was the Alamo or
1: anything. I think for the the one thing you're kind of both forgetting is the fact that you you well all three of us were quite nervous when we saw the starting lineup. Um, you, You see. And you know it, it is unfair, maybe to say this, but you see Daniel Powell in the lineup, and you think, "Oh no!" And we all—all all three of us—said it. And no, yeah. I didn't.
4: Yes, you did. No, I—I was, I was, said when I saw his name in the starting line. Do you not remember? I messaged the the group chat. He's going to score today. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: exactly what happened, Charles. Don't try and rewrite history. I don't need to rewrite. I reread it all earlier. I, see that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reread it just to remind myself what I'd said.
4: <laughs> You're right, though. You're absolutely right. We did we did have that conversation, didn't we? And we did think, oh, God. Um, as similar to, it wasn't quite as drastic as as when the team was announced for that Tranmere away game. Um, but it wasn't, you know, similar, wasn't it, in respect of all what's going on here? This looks a bit risky.
1: Yeah, it was, it was just one of those, wasn't it? You you saw the starting lineup. He went, oh, what what is going on in his head? Where where's this lineup come from? And yet, actually, in all fairness, he was rewarded by getting by Daniel Powell scoring the first goal and then setting up John Joe for the second. He had a brilliant game. But the one thing that I would say is that he was playing on the right hand side of midfield for the first time in ages. He wasn't up front. He wasn't up front. No. Knew he wasn't a striker.
4: <laughs> he's, he's an interesting one, Daniel Powell, isn't he? Because I, I think when, when we signed him, M- MK Don's fan said he, on his day, he can be great, but he doesn't do it often enough. And I think that's kind of what we're finding with him.
5: It's kind of a similar to the Dean Boditch thing, isn't it? The Dean Boditch had that one game where he came in and scored a couple of goals, didn't he? And we were like, what the hell's going on here? And then he just disappeared again. And is a similar bracket, isn't it? Like, a similar kind of... I massively prefer Daniel Powell over Dean Boditch. Something I'm picking up again, it seems to be a theme the last couple of weeks that I've had a go at someone on the podcast and they've gone on and scored in the next game. So I'm just going to sit here and have a go at everyone this week. Maybe I'll just start on Sam Hoskins. You can't
1: do that, Danny. <laughs> you can't actually, in fairness, Danny, because it, I'm surprised you've not brought this up yet. But Sam Hoskins did really well in the build-up to our second goal, didn't he? Oh, that was beautiful, wasn't it? Do you want to describe it, Charles? No, no, you go for it. You're the Sam Hoskins describing expert.
5: It was like it was he was like
4: a he was in a hundred meter race with himself. He was that quick. Which I think probably happens a lot. I, I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> um, it was good though, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Danny, take the mantle. This is your this is your guy. This is your
5: <laughs> I'm gonna admit I haven't actually seen it yet.
1: What? <laughs> oh my goodness, Daniel. <laughs>
4: Right. Well, Danny, you're banned from next week's podcast. Oh, what? Yeah, you're not allowed to appear next week because you. Is that a straight book? Straight, red, straight card? red card for not seeing Sam Hoskins turn of pace, tracking back, fantastic tackle.
1: T- to be fair, do you say fantastic tackle? Because to me, he just looks like he runs alongside <laughs> him, and the guy basically goes, "What's this?" and moves out the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he spotted. You better think he
4: spotted Sam Hoskins and he just fell over.
1: <laughs> it did. It honestly does look like it's just a, Sam gets alongside him and the guy goes, where did you come from? And gets so shocked <laughs> by it that he just forgets where the ball is. And was it Jordan Turnbull or Sam Foley that just basically goes, well, I'll have that then and passes it to John DeRozal. We've got to give him the credit, though. He was there, right? He, he was without him tracking back. Then, you know, that, that chance may not have come to fruition. Play
4: of the year. Who will get player of the year? That's an interesting one, isn't it?
5: It's a hard one. Is it? I mean, I think Aaron Pierre is probably quite close. I mean, when I'm talking about Sam Hoskins for player of the year and you say it's a hard one, Charles. um...
4: (laughs) I think front runner for me, for player of the year, Aaron
5: Pierre. Can't argue with it, can you?
4: No, not
1: really. Could, but he's he's probably one of the few that you, you would say has been pretty consistent all season.
4: But, you know, there's still, what, 11 games left, and if we make the playoffs, there could be a hero in there somewhere. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. Charles, how was our favourite crew player, Perry and G last week?
1: Uh, I didn't really notice him, apart from, apart from the picture that I took just to send you guys of him. Um... which Which, oh, by the way, on that picture, it was weirdly zoomed in. Well, I well, no, it wasn't that it wasn't zoomed in that much because I was on the front row of the stand and he was pretty much right in front of me. Mm, interesting. Um, Same with the so, Sam Hoskins one I sent to uh, Danny, and that you helpfully <laughs> zoomed it even further for me. Dil. <laughs> so Perry Ng
4: didn't he didn't catch your eye, shall we say?
1: No, not really. He, I, there wasn't there wasn't a single crew player that I actually looked at and went. I'd put him in our team because they had um didn't they have Chris Porter up front? And I've always thought he was a pretty good player.
4: But I think, I think who was a co-commentator on the radio on on Saturday? Gareth, it was Gareth. Wasn't it? Gareth, I think it was either Gareth or Tim. One of them was saying that he wasn't having a very good
1: game. I didn't even realise he was on the pitch until I watched the highlights back and and heard his name <laughs> being mentioned by the by the commentator.
4: You'd had a lot to drink though, so um. <laughs>
1: It's difficult. To, to... Uh, that is true. But
4: <laughs> did you realise there was a game going on, Charles?
1: Yes, I knew full well there was a game going on. Thank you very much. I did enjoy your uh, video updates, Charles.
5: You did good. It was like, uh, yeah, it was. It was like a drunken um, episode of uh, Hunter. <laughs> it was. It was Charles hunts down
4: fellow fans and makes them talk into the camp. there was one. There was the <laughs> halftime one. I think you were doing a little interview with James Averill, which was going all well. And uh, then you 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 put the camera on uh, a a guy that clearly had a lot to drink.
1: <laughs> um, oh, yes,
4: it was I think it was David Naylor. Oh. Um, and that summed up the day for me. I, that's what, I just thought they were having a great time. I wish I was there.
5: <laughs> that's what say, as you said, Charles. That's that's what we're, exactly what we're talking about last week in terms of home and away games. You, you just won't get that kind of thing at a home game, would you? Wouldn't? Let's just play all our games away now. Let's should we just put on a few coaches um, and a team bus? Before the next home, bay. I've got a good idea, Danny. Are you going drive around? Are you
4: going on Saturday?
5: I am. Yeah. I'll meet you, but uh,
4: where shall we meet? We'll meet at the Malt Shovel, nine thirty a.m. We'll have a Ye- a Jaeger <laughs> bomb each to start with,
5: yeah.
4: And then we'll, yeah. then we'll get
5: cracking. Do we get on a bus? We'll get
4: yeah. We'll, I mean, it doesn't have to go to Sixfields. Drive we'll just get on a bus.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drive around Sixfields a few times. Jump off. <laughs>
4: uh it's good victory though wasn't it going back to the game it's uh nice to keep a clean sheet and uh, like you said Charles or Danny I can't remember which one it was but very comfortable really and it's nice to see
5: it's good the, the clean sheet just mention, um I think Charlie good has been a really good I mean Oglethorpe was calling him good at the weekend so I'm completely um baffled by what's going on with his name <laughs> but I mean I'd I don't know what to call him, um, Charlie Good or Good. He's, I think, he's got a real, certainly presence at the back for five, whoever Carl wants to play. I think his his the the results and the clean sheets have really improved since have been since he's been here. I think it's worth mentioning.
1: He's going to sign permanently, surely. I would imagine so. I mean, would oh, hope so. Yeah. He he also he, he looks like the type of like people always say about loan players that they don't care and you know because they get to go back to their parent club at the end of their loan spell and stuff, but. Charlie looks like he's really enjoying his time playing with us. And on on Saturday before he got basically knocked out, it looked like um, he he was he was really really riling up with the fans. And he was you know the fans had a nice chant for him when he came over to take a throw in. And what is that
4: chant, by the way, Charles? Because John Joe O'Toole in his, in his post match interview yeah. he couldn't remember it, but he commented on it and he said he enjoyed it, but he couldn't remember it.
1: Well, this is the thing, right, because the only chant that I could remember that people were singing to Charlie Goo well, there were, there were two. One was basically sign him up, and the other one was just simply singing his name, and that was it. And I thought, well, it's not the greatest songwriting in the world, just to basically sing Charlie, Charlie Goode, Charlie, Charlie Goode. That was it.
5: What was the tune? Was it to the daddy cool yes
1: um, yeah, to the daddy Gene. cool tune yeah that's that's why John Joe liked it, probably yes, but I'm amazed he couldn't remember the lyrics, considering it was just his teammate's name, <laughs> I mean I'm not that surprised <laughs> he also John Joe actually in fairness, so Oglethorpe asked him what his favorite John Joe song was, and <laughs> did, John Joe's <laughs> John Joe's response to, is it the one that features the caravan, was, I've never really got that. <laughs> and that was it. Anything else you want to talk about um, about the game from Saturday?
4: I thought our second goal was a good move. I thought that was a very good move. Uh, and great finish by John Joe. It's got a little bit, not been that much mention of it, but actually it was a great finish, wasn't it?
1: Sam Hoskins-esque almost, some might say. Similar. Well, let's not go that far. Come on. <laughs> I do like
5: I do like a quick fire double as well. You know, when you score two in like a couple of minutes, I enjoy that. That, that, that it's the kind of thing like a, like a first minute goal or a last minute goal or something.
1: It's one of those things that really, really happens. but It's surprising, isn't it?
5: Wasn't it almost a quick fire triple? Didn't we
4: have another chance relatively soon after that? We was close.
1: Yes, I, in my mind, I'm thinking we did. Yeah. I mean, I can't but remember it. It's a bit blurry, like, but
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not you've not proven to be the best um, <laughs> judge of game, Charles. This is the last Dame time, Charles, we let you out
4: <laughs> to report on a game for us.
1: Well, no, normally I'd, go, I'd drive to the game, but because crew's only literally 20 minutes away on the train from my house, I thought, well, I'm not going to drive there when it's quicker to get on the train. It's not my fault there's pubs. <laughs> Right, I think it's time to take a look at the messages you've been sending in to us on Twitter and Facebook this week. Postman Neil. Postman Neil. Postman Neil. Neil cat.
4: Early- Good news, boys. The bag is bulging this week. It's ready to explode. We'll start off with our long-time follower, man at cna who we should probably find out his real name philip garlic philip oh you full named him philip garlic okay um good so he has commented that now we've got an official ntfc esports team which i believe is is, that's fifa isn't it and that sort of thing
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
4: yeah he asks us do you think it's time to have a pub sports team he's thinking skittles darts pool (laughs) and cribbage
5: some would, say, some would say we've had a pub team for quite a while.
1: <laughs> There's your answer, Phil. Lovely. Uh, I, I,
5: love
4: that. <laughs> I'm on board with all of it. Bark cribbage.
1: I'm just, I'm just imagining now that. So, because, oh, because uh, obviously I live up here in the north, but uh, I used to be um, in a darts team um, in Wigan. And you would go and every, every Thursday night, they would, you'd go and play your darts match, but there's also, it, it's a darts and dominoes league. So you'd have quite a lot of old fellas sat down playing dominoes while the younger ones all played the darts. And it was a rather interesting evening at times. But I, I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining that going on in Carsbar. <laughs>
4: Darts is a very energetic sport, so I could understand why it's the younger people playing dance. Makes sense, Charles. Yeah, um yeah. <laughs> esports team. Um We must congratulate Jake Cave actually to be fair. Yeah, I'd like Jake, he's a nice lad, isn't he? So Yeah. Um, well done, Jake. Well done, Jake. Uh um, well I will not be applying I will not be applying to join the esports
1: team, uh, will either of you? I've not played a game of FIFA since about 2004, so probably not. I said no then.
5: I realised how old I was when I didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no from all of us. We, we'll leave it to the, to the people that know what
4: they're doing and that can actually play it. The kids, um, basically. The kids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Sutton, or Gabriel Sutton, uh, on Twitter. Do we see Foley's return from injury as a plus?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you've got to see any, pay, pay, any, but anyone returning from injury has got to be a plus. You know, it makes the squad more competitive. And uh, you say that, but some people you, you, you don't mind if they extend their
5: um, time out. Really,
4: there was a time, wasn't there, when Ash Taylor came back from injury and everyone was a little bit disappointed. But to counteract that, he had a very good game on Saturday, I believe, perhaps his best game of the
5: season. Mm, couple of, couple of games in a row, isn't it? Yeah.
4: I think uh, that question is its an obvious yes, isn't it?
5: Definitely, yeah. yeah. I think if, he, if he'd have played every game this season, he'd be on course to be in that player of the year reckoning, I think. Um, I think he brings a little bit of calm to that midfield that can sometimes be a bit erratic and inconsistent. Kind of yeah. So, yeah. Happy for him to be back. And he's a lovely looking chap. Uh, Mike Abbott
4: on Twitter. His question. Has there ever been a Cobblers player worse than Danny Shittu? Danny Shittu? Did he didn't play for He you? didn't play for us, no. This is just from a, a Bolton fan randomly on Twitter um, asking us if there's ever been a Cobblers player worse than Danny Shittu. I think it's safe to say yes. Yes, there has. And there's been lots of them.
1: Yeah, far too many to mention, I'd say.
4: I think if Danny Shittu had played for us, then he would probably be one of our best players.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I remember Derek Asamoah tearing him in Ewan once when he was playing for QPR. Was that when did this
4: <laughs> is this when QPR had Danny Shittu and also that player on the wing called Doodoo? Oh yes! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic team at that time.
5: If Ian Holloway as the manager who would have
4: who would have ever thought it? Yeah, yeah, who would have thought of it? Uh, we've also got Andy Durant on Twitter, who said he's hoping for a mention on this week's podcast. So there you go, Andy, mention done. Uh, because Charles, you won't remember this, Charles. Um, however, you nicked half of his chips outside the ground at Crew.
1: That, that's not true. I had two. I do and remember it. it. I had about two of them. How big was the portion? Well, it was. It, it, what of his chips yeah Fa- fairly decent sized portion i'd say
4: good and rating out of 10 for the chips charles
1: oh they were good chips i'd give them i'd probably mark them a nine good good Ooh. feedback on the chips
2: mm.
1: we've also got uh another one from
4: phil on twitter who says now the former athletics track has become
1: a community asset how should that land be developed it's a good question. You were a bit worried about this, weren't you, Neil, when it was announced? I was a little bit concerned
4: that it meant that it couldn't be developed. And I, was, I wasn't i was sure, because I'm not bright with this sort of thing. Um, and I kind of I've always wanted there to be a water park there. And I was concerned that that may never happen.
1: <laughs> Pretty sure that's probably never going to happen now, no. You never know. I think, in, in fairness, basically, what an ACV does, for those that don't know, is... Basically, means that the land can only really be developed um, for the same purpose that it already has. So, ACVs are most commonly um, given to pubs um, because of the whole, um, you know, pub crisis that we've got going on in the UK, where like uh, at least one pub closes every single week. Um, a lot of these pubs, or a lot of the pub companies, are basically selling. The pubs up to developers to build supermarkets on or they become something else like a, a, a takeaway or or whatever it is. But an ACV will actually mean that it can only remain as being a pub um, and, and can't become something else. It's basically protecting the use of the land that it's on. So I, I believe with this, what they've done is that they've already got an ACV for the stadium which covers the West End car park, the actual stadium itself. And now this will uh, cover also the athletics track and up to the boundary at the far end uh, of the East End um, or behind the East End rather. And therefore, that is now the land that must remain, essentially can only be developed for the football club. Is pretty much what it means i believe i don't think it means that it can only become an athletics track again um essentially the way i've read into it is that if and when the east stand is actually developed and if they decide to um go even bigger than what I, i don't know the original plan was for it then what they could do is they could um make the East End bigger so it would go deeper and would go further into the athletics track and that sort of area. Um and therefore it would be part of the stadium. I think that's what it basically means. Um is what what can and and you know potentially happen in the future with it. Es- essentially that land can now not be sold off to put a warehouse on it.
5: Are you talking about the band who sang the nineteen ninety seven hit Sixfield Boys.
4: Sixfield Boys
5: Six Fields Boys. What I gathered from your excellent um, explanation of that, Charles, is that we're going to build a giant pub there, right?
1: No, I don't think so, Danny. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, have you got anything to add about the uh, East End thingamabob? What was or? the question again? The actual question was: What was the question? What should we do with it? Yeah, how should the land be developed? Uh, whatever makes
4: the club the most amount of money is my answer.
5: I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it go back to being a, to being the training pitch. If I am honest. But I, I, I ain't like going to make us any money, thing. Danny. Well, you do if you hire it out to people and things, don't you? Who's like going to hire it out? Them? out? We, well, we might
4: do. Good point, actually, if we're training for the Carlsberg Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I think that's a nice idea, actually. It would be lovely to see it as, as our own dedicated training space, but it's not going to happen, is it? Let's be honest. It's going to be... <sighs> who knows what it'll be, maybe a hotel.
1: It'll, it'll be a road going round, the, or not necessarily a road for cars, but it'll be a path going round the back of the stadium, won't it? Essentially, or at least some of it will be.
5: it's going to be open space, we'll, we'll think about it last week about creating some sort of fans village there won't we like marquees and things. That's a way of making the, the club money. If you want to make the club money is to put up some giant marquees every home game and create a, somewhere where people can go and have a drink and it's that nice communal feel and a bit of space. Yeah, to it. and
4: if it if it can't be anything like that, then we've always got the fallback of it being a water park.
2: Hello, I'm the voice of Gavaskon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me.
1: Before we take a look at this week's game, don't forget to keep sending us your anecdotes, questions, and comments on all things cobblers. Tweet us at cobblers to me or email us at it'sallcobblers at gmail.com or visit our website, cobblers to me.com. Right, next up is a home game against Exeter City. Just as a reminder for you, the match does kick off at two o'clock on Saturday, so that the Saints fans can clog up the roads around Six Hills with their four by fours. To give us an insight into how the Grecians have been getting on since we last met them in November. Here's
2: Exeter fan Damian Mills. I think if Tiz had remained as manager, then the very least most people would have been looking for would have been for us to make the playoffs for a third successive season. Of course, Tiz departed just before the start of the season, went off to manage MK Dons. And at that point, I think lots of people probably altered their expectations a little. Certainly, I spoke to lots of Exeter supporters who, with a a new young manager, um, Matt Taylor, coming in, were prepared to accept that this might be a season of of transformation. And who said, you know, if we finished in the top half of the table, that would be perfectly acceptable. As things happened, we, we started the season really well. Um, We were top, I think, in August and and still going well in September. We came off the rails a little bit um, during October and November. And at that point, I think lots of people were beginning to fear we might fall right away. But um, I think five wins on the bounce in December put us right back amongst it. And suddenly we were thinking, again, that automatic promotion might be a very real possibility. Unfortunately, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle this calendar year. We lost Jaden Stockley, who was our top scorer. In fact, I think Jaden was the top goal scorer in Europe when he left in January. He went to Preston for seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and since then, goals have been a little hard to come by. I think I'm right in saying um, we've only had one goal from a recognised striker, and I believe that was a penalty um since the turn of the year um obviously jaden has been a big loss but we we have brought in two or three players on loan most notably i think kane wilson who's a little ball of energy he will get up and down the wing all afternoon long on saturday and i think he could be uh, a real threat for us um Nicky Law's been fantastic all season, played for Glasgow Rangers in the Scottish Premier Division previously, but has been injured. Um, He did come on as substitute in our last home game. And likewise, Hiram Boateng, he's been out for four months, but came on as a substitute against Tranmere. They're, They're two of our very best players, I think Nicky Law and Hiram Boateng. I think most clubs in League Two would be very happy to have either or both of them. Um, Matt Jay, who's, he's one of our own. He's been um, on the periphery really for, for three, four, five years but has just come into the team in the last couple of weeks and started to make a real impression. So hopefully um, that's something that might continue on Saturday. Um, if I was going to make a prediction, I think if we score first, we've been very good defensively and we might well go on to win the game. Um, if we concede first, then then I think it'll be tough for us. We've found goals hard to come by since the turn of the year. But um, I'm ever the optimist, so I'm going to say we're going to score first and go on and win the game by two goals to one.
1: Thanks to Damien for that insight into how Exeter have been doing this season. It's no real surprise seeing Exeter up in the playoff spots, though, is it, boys?
4: It's no real surprise to see Exeter doing well, Charles, no. Uh, however, who was the the guy's name from Exeter that we were just listening to? Damien. Damien. He's no Matt from Stevenage, is he? Well, no. Let's not compare. We don't we don't have favourites. Do. Mine's Matt from Stevenage. And I, it's no Ashley Hoskins. <laughs> it's no <laughs> Ashley Hoskins, you're right. It's no surprise Exeter are a good side. I did want to pick him up on one thing, though, that's saying any League Two team would love to have Jerem Boateng in their side. We had him in our side, and I wouldn't be that fussed if we had the opportunity to have him back.
5: I did predict Exeter would do well, though, so but it's that much of a surprise. I think a few people thought they would be have a bit of a transition season and be a bit of a mid-table fodder with Tisdale game. But I think they've done exactly the right thing and promoted someone from within, and they seem to have kicked on despite losing a few players at the start of the season. They've done pretty well, haven't they? So um, it's going to be a tough game, but. As I said before, I'm not completely fearful of anyone in this league. Really, it's
1: it's anything can happen on the day, Charles. That's right. Well, last time out, uh, we got a two-all draw, and that was away from home. Obviously, uh, Billy Waters scored, and uh, Jaden Stockley own goal in the last minute got us that point. If you guys can remember, I can remember, Charles.
5: Were we 2 0 down? We were, yeah
1: i
4: I don't know what it is about Exeter, but I'm never that worried when we we end up playing against them but I don't know why because they're they're a half decent side aren't they and they're having a relatively good season but whatever season it is and whenever it is I'm never that concerned by playing exeter and I don't know whether i't don't, I don't know what it is about them
1: it's a strange one for me because they are a good league two side as you say because the last few years they've been doing really well and they've been up in the playoffs i think they looking at being—is this the third year in the row that they're going for a playoff finish? Um, I mean, and yet they're kind of the perennial bridesmaid, aren't they?
5: They've always been the arsenal of League too, haven't they? Under Wenger with Tisdale, and like, they, always, they always kind of seem to be up there, up and about, and sort of doing well, but never really breaking that ceiling of, of getting promoted. And it could be their year this year, but I don't, I don't see anything about them, especially since Stockley's gone, that, that's going to make me think they're going to be one of the top three. Um, probably will end up in the playoffs, but um, I think it's going to be tight. They may not make the playoffs, uh, Danny. We may well pip them. Well, we could close the gap um, to seven points, couldn't we? Um, Obviously, there's one big question looming over everything, and I think you probably both know what I'm going to ask now. Um,
1: Is this a six-pointer? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response, Danny. The answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is.
4: It is definitely a six-pointer. All, all, all of our games from now on are six-pointers.
1: Cup finals every week from here on in, boys. That's it.
4: And when we go one nil
5: up, still 0-0, nil, nil, boys. Come on. The thing is, could, I'm going to say it again, because I said it last week and it worked. Can you imagine if we sat it next week, three points off the playoffs? I, if we win these I'm two not games? sure I'd be able to cope, I mean, Danny. It's, <laughs> I think I might burst if that happened. It could happen. Good. It it's unlikely, but it's. Yeah, good. exactly.
1: It is unlikely, but there's always a chance. And as I said before, it's the hope that kills you.
5: It is. I think Lee Martin's going to really wind us up again because he's going to remember what happened last season when he played for Gillingham. He's wound me up already. He's not even started playing yet. <laughs> it's just his face. His face winds me up.
4: I don't like Lee Martin either. He was. when he Even when he played for us, he just struck me as a. I don't know. How can I. Arrogant, yeah, and you know a lot of successful people are quite arrogant, aren't they, and stuff. But I'm not sure he's in a position to be arrogant.
1: No, not really. And I mean, when you kind of, I mean, the other thing for me is that, as Damien said, and as we know, Jaden Stockley moved on to Preston North End for seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds in January. Their their next top goal scorer is Jonathan Fort with five goals. That's it, five. And they're in the play. They're fifth in League Two, and their top goal scorer has five goals. They've also not not they're not in great form either. They've only won one of the last five games, having drawn two and lost the other two. Lost their last game, which was at home to Tranmere one 0 And to me, I like like you said, Neil, right at the beginning. I don't think we've got anything to fear from this Exeter team. No, I don't think we have, and I think we're in the position that we can go
4: and and give it a real good go, can't we? Because you know, if we we're not in any danger, like we've, we've touched on already, we're not in any danger of getting relegated. We're we've got the slimmest of slim chances of making the playoffs, so why not just go out and express ourselves and and have a real good go?
5: It's the first time for a while we can actually move up the league if we win, as well, isn't it? We can actually move somewhere now. I know a couple of weeks ago, Charles, you were saying, "Oh, it's seven points the gap before we can even move anywhere, and we've got to win three games to to even do that." And We're on the brink of doing that now, and we could even go what as high as thirteenth, I think, if, if we do win. And, oh, the, heady and of just, just won, the heady heights of thirteenth. The heady heights of thirteenth. I mean, my gosh. Um, I. I'm still thinking about Lee Martin. I shouldn't be because he's winding me up. It's, it's going to take me a good few days. To, right? Well, look, let's. Just, who's, who's going to be marking him? Let's hope it's not Shea Faison. Let's hope it's Charlie Goo. Well,
1: look, just, just before we take a look at the referee, uh, I want to play this clip from the Exeter podcast, which is called The Big Bank Theory. I've always liked Northampton Town for only
0: this reason nice colour of shirt.
1: You like that, do you? I like just a claret.
0: Yeah, I like a claret. And just plain claret. Dignified. Yeah. Hearts, sort of. Yeah, exactly that. that. Like hearts, exactly it? that. So, uh, we'll see how City get on. Obviously, we really need that. We really need that win. Yes. After the disappointment of Saturday at uh, home to Tranmere. But we're playing them... Which just seems to keep happening at the moment <laughs> at a time where they're unbeaten in five. What, I mean, how do these te- who are these teams beating? Because every team we play is unbeaten in five. I know. And when are we going to play some of the ones that have <laughs> been beaten in five? Well, Notts County and Macclesfield are coming up, aren't they? So I guess it's that. But, yeah. oh, really unhelpful. We just want to play a team that's got nothing to play for. I guess Northampton are almost that. They're in 15th. They have nothing to play for. They're not getting playoffs. Yeah. So hopefully... I mean, there's some names we're familiar with. Dean Bowditch, who was at MK for a long time. Gets a lot of goals from midfield. Boo. They've got the most Irishly named player of all time, yeah. John Joe O'Toole. That's amazing. <laughs> and he looks like an extra from a Brad Pitt film. Does he? Yeah, like not a good Brad Pitt film, an Irish Brad Pitt film. Right. If you know what I'm saying. So, so what sort of team are they? Are, are we gonna are they are these more bruisers? Are we gonna get? Well, it's Keith Curl, isn't it? Uh, so it's Curl. a bit of muscle.
2: Curly, whirly. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> very clever. Is that what they called him? <laughs> I don't know, presumably what they called him at school. Um, yeah, so it's, it's Keith Curl, um, who, of course, we came up against a lot last season at Carlisle. Yeah. Um, we'll just
1: see. I mean, we should get the points. We should. We really need to. A few things there I think we want to pick out and have a chat about. Numerous isn't things, Charles.
4: <laughs> Numerous things. Firstly, for me, is that the poshest podcast in history? Second thing... Curly, whirly. We're not twelve. Thirdly, why are they trying to bully John Joe? I think they're scared
1: of him. Fourthly, fourthly, I agree with Boo and Dean Bodich. <laughs> yes, I mean, for me, that that was the only bit that they got right. Oh, and the fact that they like <laughs> the colour of our shirts. But
4: I'm glad they described it in its correct colour of claret and not dark red, or, or maroon, or, or other.
1: burgundy, or yeah. any of that other nonsense. But curly whirly, it's a bit much, isn't it? Really, it's not very fair. It's also, it's not very funny either. <laughs> curly whirly, best they could come up with. Definitely, I, I did. I, I, the th- the thing for me, and, and and I think, and what I'm going to do is, I'm going to send you that. Them, no, I'm not. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to send that clip of where they say we've got nothing to play for to Keith Curl and get him to play it to the players in the dressing room before the game, so they can go out really pumped up and go, we'll show those posh idiots what we're made of. It might. You should send him the curly-whirly bit as well. Oh, yeah, that'll rile him, won't it? It might not rile him, he might he like might it might like it. <laughs> oh, I've got a pet name.
4: <laughs> I've got a, a new nickname for Keith Curl. No.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
4: <laughs> All I'll say is the, the initials, Bdk, yeah, Bdk. So people can work out what that means and come up with their own <laughs> names for it. But it's infinitely better than curly wily.
1: Oh dear, I, I think it definitely gives um, a, a good insight into the way that Exeter fans are kind of seeing us, and, and probably actually the rest of League Two and how their team, uh, how their fans are seeing us at the moment. You know we we are and and you would look at the league table without knowing our results or how we're playing or anything like that you would look at us and you would say that well nothing nothing's to play for there they're you know in mid table you know they're not going to get relegated but they're also not going to get promoted so you know now we? well, this is it isn't it you look at our, <laughs> you look at our <laughs> results Sorry. the other thing I'd like like to pick them up on is and Danny I'd like you to help me out here is um maybe we can just tell them the teams that we have played and not been beaten by for the last five matches. I mean, the
5: teams that, that we haven't been beaten by. Charles, in answer to your question, is uh, Tranmere, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln at the top, obviously uh, Crawley, Stevenage, and Crew. So, I,
1: I, I... so one of the teams that 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 we beat, Exeter, just lost to. Is is that right, Tranmere Rovers? Yes, mm. so, so we had Sam Hoskins on the pitch that night. We did, yes, you're right. And Exeter definitely didn't have Sam Hoskins in their side last Saturday. They didn't. Well, they had Hiram Burating, who apparently has turned into Patrick
5: Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly in the defence, I do kind of understand, because if we were doing a podcast and we were fifth and we were playing Exeter, who were 16th, and there were 10 points off the playoffs, we'd probably be talking in a similar kind of way, right? Uh, We'd be be talking absolute nonsense. Of course we would. (laughs)
1: Like we are now.
5: Yes, Yes. exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, there we go. Right, let's take a look at this week's referee, remembering Rob Dunkley, of course. Um, So we've got Andy Haynes wearing black uh, this week, or possibly yellow or whatever silly colour they want to play in. Uh, so Andy Haynes has taken charge of 28 games this season. Um, he's given out 90 yellow cards and four red cards in total. This will actually be the first time he's refereed us, at least for the la- Well, at least since before 2017, because that's as far back as I could actually get records for him for. So unless he started his EFL refereeing career back in 2017, then he's never played or never refereed a match involving us before. He has refereed Exeter before though this season in a two one win for Exeter away at Mansfield back in September. he gave out six yellow cards in that game and going through his actual stats for this season, he doesn't just like giving out one yellow card a match he gives out at least five in pretty much every game he referees so i I think we might have you know plenty of players going into the book this weekend. could that count in our favor though possibly.
4: On the basis, in what way? Oh, well, I'm thinking, you know, Exeter play a relatively attractive brand of football, and ours is a little bit more functional, shall we say, um, roughhouse tactics. Uh, roughhouse tactics, yeah, no doubt would have <laughs> bubbled the pitch up a little bit. Um, but that might play into our, if it's a bit more of a stop-start game, and it's not as free-flowing. That might frustrate Exeter a little bit. Alternatively, we could get three people sent off.
5: Danny, anything? Yeah, just just pick up on your point about the referee, um, actually, you clearly don't remember the two games he refereed um, our games for against Fleetwood in the 2016-17 season, Charles, when um, he refereed both games against Fleetwood.
4: How did we do in those games?
5: We drew 1-1 and we probably lost the other one. Yeah, we lost the other one,
1: 3-0. <laughs> Great. Good omens there then. Right, come on then, prediction time. Um, I think this week... I'm going to go for a a 2-1 victory myself, I think. Um, I'm confident we're going to make it, you know, six wins. We're going to make it six games undefeated. Um, We're going to, on the march to the playoffs, everything's positive. John Joe will get another goal and so will. Marvin Sordell will get the other one for me. Neil? I probably won't score, Charles, no. (laughs) (laughs) We
5: we do we should probably mention Gary's answer to our question of who's the best footballer out of the three of us. By the way, which we forgot earlier. Oh right, which we which um, he said Neil, which we we both we all thought was right. Then we we all thought that was the answer. He thought Neil was the best footballer out of the three of us. He
4: he did follow it up by saying he can spot talent.
5: Yes and he clearly can. So I uh,
4: appreciate that Gary, thank you. And yes, you, yes you can spot talent. Um my prediction for the Exeter game is 4-1 Cobblers. Oh, he's gone big. <laughs> Come on. This is happening. This is our season has turned
1: around 4-1 Saturday. <laughs> It's on. You, you check Neil's Twitter bio tomorrow. He's going to change his Twitter name to e i e i o. I'm saving that. Wait until we beat Exeter and Newport, and then it will be changed to that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to score those four goals? Then four goals. Why are you laughing, Danny?
5: <laughs> I'm just waiting for your goal scores. Uh, John
4: Joe is going to score. Mm-hmm. Charlie Goode is going to score.
1: Oh yes, that'd be good.
4: It would, it would be good. You're right, uh, and I, I also think Marvin Sordell will burst into action and score two.
1: That's actually quite um, tame. <laughs> I was, I was yeah, half expecting a Die called hat trick no. and an Ash Taylor forty-five <laughs> yard volley. This is my serious <laughs> prediction.
4: I, I think, generally, think we'll, we'll comfortably win on Saturday.
1: Good, Danny. <laughs> what's your prediction for this burn. week?
5: I was going to say we're going to win, but you've both said we're going to win, so I'm, I'm a bit concerned by this. Um, I don't know. My, Go as with I your say, heart, like Danny. Go with your heart. Um, all right. 1-0, last minute, Andy Williams. That's a sub. Lovely. After a raking ball from Sam Hoskins.
4: I don't want it to be 1-0 in the last minute. I won't be able to. I probably would have left, because
5: it no doubt would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> it won't appease the home support, when it? <laughs> it's 0-0 nil, nil at 90 I minutes? It I think if we won 1-0 in the last minute, that would appease people. I'd be appeased. Maybe, maybe this is a game for Junior
1: Morias. Maybe he
4: wasn't in the squad on Saturday, was he?
1: No, I can't imagine he was happy about that either. Can you?
4: No, I, I can't imagine him being overly pleased. So maybe it's a, it's some good man management from from Curly Whirly, and uh, maybe maybe he's going to bring Junior back into the into the team, and he's going to be firing on all cylinders.
5: And the way that Cole works, you can see it happening, can't you? I'm I'm half expecting for... um, What's his name? Yasser Kassim to suddenly appear out of nowhere.
1: What Out of contract, Yasser Kassim just appears on the pitch. I want to play,
4: let me in. Peering over someone's shoulder. You do know Yasser Kassim is actually in the Clarence suit, right?
1: That's all we've got time for for another week. We're all off to use our roughhouse tactics on some unsuspecting Sunday League footballers on the race course. Goodbye.
2: Roughass.
1: Curly-whirly. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.